Rusty Quill presents. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to another episode of Cersei Confidential. It is now September 9th, and we are under two months away before the release of Cersei. Um, so we're getting really close now. I'm really happy with how everything's gone. We are about six episodes out of the ten episode season. Sound design and all put together and everything. Just a few little finishing touches on them, but they're all pretty much ready to go. So uh, things are looking really good. We're all on schedule. Uh, we'll be releasing the first trailer sometime this month in September. And then the start of the show in November. And it'll be ten episodes running all through November and December leading up to the release of Ostium Season 5. So it's all looking good and on schedule, which is really awesome. It's always a big deal with me. I always want to stay um, on schedule and, and stick to the goals and uh, make sure we deliver what we promise. So in this Cersei Confidential, I'm going to be talking a little bit about the world building in Cersei. Um, when I came to Cersei, the character came out of what happened in Ostium Season 4 with that ongoing story as I was writing it. And I realized that this character at the end wasn't completely what she appeared to be and that she had a big story behind her, a big story that she had to tell. And as I unfolded that and looked into that a little more mentally and then as I started writing, I discovered that it was a very big story and that 
it had to be her own show. It couldn't just be a few episodes of Ostium or a few little offshoot episodes, tangent episodes. Um, she was going to need her own full show. And so that's when I realized I had a whole new show on my hands here. I had to work out in my mind that I would have enough time to be able to write it and put it all together and fit it in with the Ostian schedule. Fortunately, with how I've been doing Ostium over the years, I've never really lent up. I've always been working nonstop on it, developing more and more stuff, future seasons and more writing and things like that. So I've stayed ahead of the game a lot of the, a lot of the time. So like with um, season five right now, everything is pretty much written except the last episode. And the way it's looking, there's going to be 21 episodes for season five. So that's already put to bed writing wise pretty much except for that last bit with the last episode. Meaning... I have started a little bit about the city thinking about season six, but it's still way off and I have a ton of time to do other things, which was how the case was with Cersei and just fitting it in with my writing schedule with Ostium. So I was able to get a lot of that written earlier on in the year. Now, when it came to Cersei, I knew I had the character and I knew that the um, structure was going to be her telling stories of her past to help gain her powers back. So this was how she was going to do that, and that there would be a lot of stories to tell, because pretty much all her power was gone at this point. She was pretty much completely drained, and so she was going to have to tell a lot of stories to get all her energy back after what had happened to her, which you have hints of here and there, but you'll further on down the road, you'll get to learn more about what that's all about. Anyway, so I knew she had a lot of stuff to say, so therefore she had a big background, um, it had to be something totally different from Ostium, something unique. And so at that point, instead of just going with the writing, pretty much like I did with Ostium and letting the story unfold before me, uh, I did actual world building. I came up with the concept of a planet, an alien planet called Albion. The name came later, but as I developed this, this all these things just started falling into place. I wanted to make it a planet that was a little different from anything else we'd seen before. Um, a lot different from, you know, what we'd seen in sci-fi, perhaps, and things like that. So it's a planet that's basically a huge collection of islands, all of varying sizes all around the planet. So a lot of ocean, but then a lot of land masses of varying sizes. Um, and we'll explore a lot more of these, hopefully, in future seasons of uh, Cersei. And I do hope, I don't know if we do at this point, but I do hope to have some naps developed too with my artist which would be kind of cool to see so i had the world where i knew there were lots of different islands that the events of season one would focus on um, the main characters of season one which we have thyra obviously and then Clystra, her teacher and then there's Maeve, a later character and some other ones further on in the season but this would all take place around uh, mainly one island area so as time goes on, there's lots of other islands that can be explored and lots of different uh, kind of worlds within worlds that those islands will have. But I was just keeping it local to this particular island for this one season, knowing I would have much more potential later on to expand the world. But I at least had a structure around which everything would be settled and that and that Thyra would know a little bit about this um, just from growing up in the area and also from what she'd learned from Clystra, teaching her different things. And Clyster is actually her own kind of story in a way, too, since she's one of the older Cersei. Um, she's very likely traveled around a lot and seen a number of the islands. Um, so we only get little hints here and there of that. But she has her own big story to tell that might come out at one point. 
So Thyra only has her own little story to tell of this one island. Um, and I have the structure again for all the other islands in the world set up. My next point then was to do um, a magic system, because I knew there were going to be magical elements in this world and um, in this setting involving the Circe and Thyra and Clystra. And that's when I came up with a new idea for a magic system um, involving objects, that you use objects combined together in certain ways to create a spell and get your, your whatever goal you're trying to get out of this spell. Whatever thing you're trying to make happen, manifest, create, um, it requires certain elements. Some of them are organic, some are inorganic, and as one learns to become one of the Circe, it's knowing what all these different items are, how they kind of work together and correspond, and kind of the symbiotic relationship in some ways of, of fusing together and creating the spell that you want to make. Part of it is knowing exactly what items they are, um, but also another part of it is just having a feel for what items they are. Um, you do get to see a little bit of this with Clystra, where she talks a little about creating a spell, where she doesn't always necessarily know all the exact items, but she has a sense for them, and that when she finds them and puts them together, she knows they're the right ones to work. Um, with this magic system, I wanted it to be a good, strong magic system, not something... Um, kind of like the Harry Potter world where there wouldn't be limits or um, you could do pretty much whatever you wanted to do. Um, there had to be a, a full system in place with balance. And so with this, you only have so many items you can use uh, when you want to do a really powerful spell. It has to be um, it has to be a rare item, something that's not that easy to come by. And that the point is once the spell is done and you've carried it out correctly and it's done what you wanted to do, those items are no longer usable both for any future spells, but also just as the items they are. Rocks become cracked and broken to pieces. Um, flowers are shriveled up to nothing and destroyed. Um, so the point is there's no going back. Once that's done, it's over. And you can't just redo the spell again if you want to. You would have to get those same exact items and bring them back together. So we do see a little bit of this with um, the spell that Clystra does for Thyra, taking her back in time to an earlier point in her childhood when she first met Clyster and Clyster found her as a baby. Um, so you kind of get a sense there that how the magic system works with these items and how there is no going back. It's final once they've been used. And this is important in building a magic system. You have to set rules. You have to stick to the rules um, because otherwise the reader doesn't know what to what to expect necessarily. They might think then that anything can happen and there might be no limits, it would seem, to something. So you really have to keep these rules in place and create a structure around it, just like you do with world building when you're creating a place or, or a world. Um, you have to create the structure around it so that the reader can feel that they know what somewhat what's going to happen or at least get the sense that they're on the right path and they're not just going to be totally random or chaotic or anything can happen and something can come out of nowhere and just totally shock everything. I think that's important to do when world building and especially with magic systems. Because if you want it to be good and lasting, you have to follow the rules. Part of also having a magic system is that there has to be a cost to it. Um, you can't just have everyone doing it all the time, willy-nilly, with no limits. But the other part of that is, as we see in later episodes, that you, if you use living things in part of your spell, it will take life from it. 
we see that in an earlier episode of Cersei where Thyra tries to revive an animal that she thinks is weak and dying and she ends up just taking all the energy out of that animal into herself. And this is one of those rules that she has to learn as a Cersei, not just hearing the rule and having it explained to her, but actually experiencing it to make it more real and visceral to her, to make her understand that there are there are repercussions, there are consequences when you use magic, and you have to know what those consequences are and that you will be to blame for them. And we'll definitely see this further on in the season of season one with different events happening. I feel like at the moment I've got this system in place, it's strong, but there's definitely a lot more complexity to it that I haven't fully explored yet. Um, same with the world where we've just seen one island, but there's many other islands of different worlds um, that we haven't even thought about or talked about yet. Same thing with the magic system. We know how some basic spells work and how the basic system works, but there's a lot more nuance and possibility to it. And I feel this is something that's going to definitely be explored in future seasons of Cersei as we get to see more of the world, get to know the, our characters better, see new characters, and hopefully see other members of the Cersei and just see how the whole system works together. All right, well, I think that wraps up our little chat about world building and the magic system of Cersei for now. So thanks for stopping by and stay tuned for the next Cersei Confidential which will feature um, an interview with our main actor for Thyra, Arthur Mitchell. Thank you. See you next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.